Hi, I'm Jess. And I'm Nina. And you're listening to Slice Slice of Murder. Murder. who are super interested in true crime and decided to go ahead and make a podcast for y'all. So today, the first case that we are going to be covering is the case of Crystal Rogers. So the first thing I'm going to do is just read the synopsis for you guys, give you a little sneak peek of what's going to happen. Voted the most beautiful small town in America in 2012, Bardstown, Kentucky seems like a safe place to live, but has been the home for multiple mysterious tragedies. On July 5th, 2015, Crystal Rogers, a 35-year-old mother of five, was reported missing. Shortly afterwards, her car was found abandoned on the highway. Inside her car was her phone, her keys, and her purse. After local police made no headway on the case, the FBI has stepped in. They have recently stated that they, quote, know there are individuals in the community who have information on Crystal's disappearance. Now is the time to come forward. So what happened to Crystal Rogers and who is responsible? So before we get started, I just want to say that I got most of my information from Oxygen's The Disappearance of Crystal Rogers, as well as the Bardstown podcast by Vault Studios. Most of them, uh, both of them are pretty good. I liked the podcast a little bit better just because I thought it wasn't like not as dramatic as the, um, the documentary, but both of them are pretty good. So we're going to start with some personal background. Um, Crystal was born on April 4th, 1980, and she was the firstborn child of Sherry and Tommy Ballard. She was raised in Bartown, Kentucky, which is like a tiny town in Kentucky. It has about 13,000 people. Um, Tommy Ballard, her fa- father, was a construction worker who built houses. He like, hated to be in the public eye and was super shy and super reserved. Um, he often refused to have his picture taken, but he was super protective over his children, as we're going to see later, and would do absolutely anything to help them. He often went the extra mile for his clients and would often take on projects without pay if he felt it was the right thing to do so. One time, he built a dog fence free of charge for a woman who was battling cancer. Another time, he met a woman who had hired workers to finish a job at her house, and she had paid the workers, and they, like, dipped out on her without finishing. So Tommy completed the work for her for free. So she came from, like, an awesome dad, and her mom, as we're going to talk about, is, like, super cool as well. Sherry Ballard, her mom, describes Crystal as shy and quiet growing up, kind of like her dad, She was described as having a big heart with a caring nature, and she once took in a friend who didn't have anywhere to live. She ended up having five children. Her mom said that she was born to be a mom. Um, She initially married Keith Rogers, taking his last name, and they never actually divorced, so she kept his last name, but they were just separated. They had children together, and she ended up um, taking on part of the parenting role with that um all the sources i could find i couldn't find like a very clear custody agreement between the two of them but there didn't seem to be like any animosity between them which i think says a lot about both of them like i said sherry told media outlets that crystal crystal was a wonderful mother (laughs) saying she was born to be a mom she was like always putting her children first and was super hands-on in their schooling and extracurriculars 
And Sherry said that Crystal often volunteered to help her children's teachers with school events. Like, as a teacher myself, I feel like those are the best kinds of parents. Like, I know. I wish more parents, like, helped me out. <laughs> yeah. Like, on field trips and stuff, whenever there's parents that come along, I'm so thankful for them. So, like, that alone, I feel like, is just shows what kind of person she is. Yeah. Um, however, she was, like, super laid back. Like, she was a super chill mom. She was not hard on her kids at all. And Sherry would joke that she was not as uptight as she had been as a mother. So Crystal then met this guy, Brooks Houck, when she started renting from him. Outwardly, he was polite and he built homes. So he had like a stable job and he just seemed like a like the perfect guy. He came from a pretty well-to-do family and had a lot of connections in the community. Uh, Crystal thought that Brooks and her dad would get along because both of them worked in construction, um, but that didn't really, really end up happening. Sherry said that she had doubts from the beginning and that she felt that he acted super fake. So she actually told a friend that she felt this way and her friend agreed. Like, so somebody outside the family and outside all those connections also said that Brooks seemed super fake and really not like the perfect guy that Crystal was thinking that he was. Mm -hmm. A lot of red flags there. Yeah, lots. <laughs> Sherry told a story where Brooks and Crystal, along with Crystal's older brother, went skeet shooting. So I don't really know a lot about skeet shooting, but apparently you use like specific shots for specific um, like birds. So when you skeet shoot, you like throw those like pretend birds up in the air and then you shoot at them. Mm-hmm. And the smaller the birds that you're trying to hit, I guess like the smaller the ammunition that you're gonna, you're gonna use in your gun. Um, and Brooks changed Crystal's shot for a heavier one to make like the kickback worse on the gun, without telling her. So he just thought this was like a funny prank to do, and she what ended kind up. Of prank is that? I know, and she ended up getting injured. Like I'm not sure why you would date somebody if like you didn't want to see them succeed in what they do. Yeah, and especially if you're putting them through these kinds of pranks where they can get really injured. Yeah, like. I- like, when you shoot a gun, there's, like, been multiple cases where people have broken their noses, like, on the recoil from a gun, like, it's hit them in the eye, so I think she just ended up getting a pretty bad bruise on her arm, but, like, still, like, you did not know what was gonna happen. Yeah, she, I think she got lucky with that. Yeah, and her brother, who was with them, said that Brooks was, like, laughing when this happened, so, yeah, another red flag. What did Crystal do? I think she just kind of tried to laugh it off. I mean, in this situation, I feel like she must have been kind of fed up with what he had done, but didn't want to possibly make it worse for herself. Because, like, we're going to talk about later. I'm pretty sure that this is just a case of domestic violence, like, gone horribly wrong. Um, And I feel like often when you react to those kinds of things, like, you can make it worse for yourself, like, later on. So... I think she she probably tried not to react and like downplayed it. I think unfortunately is what usually happens. Another time, um, Brooks was in charge of watching all the kids. Um, so like I said, she had four kids with previous husbands and boyfriends, and then one with Brooks. Um, so he was in charge of all the kids. Um, and I'm sorry, but why would you leave your kids yeah. alone with him after what he'd done? I think she worked. So in his in, in her his police interview, she, he said that she had a job at like a convenience, like a convenience store, like near a gas station. Um, so it must have been pretty necessary for her to leave her kids, because 
we're gonna talk about later like her mom immediately knew something was wrong because brooks ended up with the baby so she like i she's like i knew something was wrong because he had the baby and crystal would never leave the baby with him so (laughs) brooks was in charge of watching the kids um and then one of crystal's daughters not related to brooks called her grandmother sherry and was like it's 9 p.m. like and nobody's here like brooks is not here and crystal's at work like and there's a baby there's he's like under a year old like what are we supposed to do and so sherry ended up driving over because they all live in bardstown so they're not that far away from each other and sherry ended up driving over and when she got there brooks had come home and he like blew up at sherry and he was like oh you're trying to embarrass me you're trying to make me look like a bad father like this is so embarrassing like i don't know why you're trying to bust in my life like this and he like would not speak to her for four months four months yeah for like trying to make sure that her grandkid was okay oh my god yeah so also involving these kids crystal said that although brooks was a good father to their son eli who was a toddler he wanted nothing to do with her four other kids so she said that they would go to the grocery store and Brooks would only pay for food that was for him, Crystal, and Eli, and he would not pay for food for Crystal's other children. That's so messed up. Like, I feel like when you start dating somebody and they have other kids, like, you kind of take them on. Like, yeah. that's part of the agreement. Like, you know that's going to be part of your responsibility. If not, why Like them? Exactly. Um, I can't imagine how the kids might, must have felt. I hope they didn't know that he was only I know. And one of the kids. Yeah, and like I think Crystal did have a job at that convenience store, but like that probably didn't pay that much. So like I think that she was probably spending most of her money like on food for her kids, which I think probably added to maybe like her insecurity about the situation. Like she probably wasn't saving up a bunch of money for herself. So she probably felt like extra stuck. Like she didn't know what to do. And remember he's like her landlord. Like that's how he met her. Like so he literally controls like everything about her situation so anyway shortly before her disappearance crystal expressed to her mom that she wanted to leave brooks like because of all these things that have been happening she said that it, she was just getting like super fed up with the whole thing and she she really wanted to leave him um she said that she thought brooks was like hiding money and lying about his taxes and that he would get super super angry with her over very small things so, like I said, this, like, really does seem like a case where domestic violence was going on in the home. Um, but she was incredibly worried that if she left Brooks, he would attempt to take full custody of their toddler, Eli. Now, she didn't say this to her mom because, unfortunately, she went missing just a few days after. But Sherry thinks that Brooks had threatened her with his connections in the community and the fact that he owned a house and had a stable job two things that crystal did not have and she said that you know crystal was worried that she was going to lose full custody of her son and sherry tried to kind of console her being like oh well, the courts don't really like do that like i mean they're probably gonna make you get a like a stable job and probably make you look for a stable housing situation but they usually try and keep the kid at least partial, partially like with their mom. Like that's just yeah. what they're focused on. But Brooks had a brother who was in the police force. And <laughs> like when you have a sibling or a connection in the um, justice system, like you don't know who they could be connected to. Like 
could they be connected to the court judge who's like gonna judge based you know gonna judge like where your kid should go like you have no idea the interconnections that that person could have so i see why she was worried but that was a few days before she went missing um leading up to that she didn't really make any moves to leave like i said i think she was pretty scared um but that was pretty much the last major conversation that her mom and she had before she went missing the last place crystal was seen was in walmart with two of her children she brought two of those children tori and trenton to their dad's house right after walmart um, and there's a video of her appearing in walmart on july 3rd so there's kind of not a huge debate but some theories say that crystal like ran away like she didn't know how to get out of this abusive situation and she just left but you would think that if she had been planning to run away she would have maybe like stocked up on things and like brought food with her and in this video she's buying something like for her kids like this is the last time that she's seen and if this, she was planning to run away you would think that she would be like gathering supplies and she bought like a t-shirt for her kid so we'll get into it later but i really don't think she ran away sherry said the last time that she spoke to crystal right they had a conversation about brooks lying about the money he made and his taxes and saying that crystal felt that she could not leave him because he would try to take full custody so this was right after that conversation had gone on so sherry was just a little bit worried about this situation as a whole that was the last time that anybody spoke to her was on july 3rd um she called her mom just to check in and after that quick phone conversation the last person that she was seen with was her boyfriend brooks Salk. so anything that happens after this is based on brooks's police interviews and what he says happened um as well as some video surveillance but just to like take it with a grain of salt because we really don't know if this is like what truly occurred because he's the one saying it and he's like a pretty untrustworthy guy yeah so how claimed that on the night of july 3rd they went to go feed their cows so how lived on a farm um or his family owned owned a farm like his mom owned a farm and he like helped out with that farm quite often like he just like went and helped her like clean up around the property and i guess like feed some animals every once in a while so it was like their family farm but i think his mom was the one that like lived on the property. Wait, who is Hal? Her boyfriend. Okay. Yeah. So he, they went to go feed their cows, um, and then they walked back, and he said they both went to bed. So he said that they had like a small argument over how he treated her children, like like I said, four of which were not his kids. Um, so probably arguing about like the fact that he literally did not pay for any of them to eat or like survive and (laughs) yeah and like gave it all up for her to do um and you know by the sound of it like he doesn't really sound like he like treated them very nicely either like if you're not paying for your kid to eat like i'm pretty sure you're not treating them very nicely either yeah he probably like ignored them yeah so he said that they had like a very small argument but of course he's trying to like downplay it as much as possible so in his police interviews he's like oh yeah but like it wasn't a big deal at all like we were just you know it's just like an argument um but on the night of july 3rd it was raining like it was like a pretty heavy downpour and sherry bellard crystal's mom like 
High Key does not believe that Crystal Crystal would walk with their toddler age son in the pouring rain to go feed cows. No. Like, I'm not a mom, but, like, I don't think I would bring my kid to go yeah, feed cows. Yeah, why not leave them at home with the other two kids? Yeah, or... so I'm not sure, like, why he would claim that, but he did say that all three of them went to this farm to go feed the cows. And he said that after they had this argument, she went on her phone, she was playing games, um, and their son was playing in the house. And he said that when she woke up, she and her car were gone, just disappeared. Um, Hawk said in police interviews that Crystal would go out with her friends and sisters to parties and stay out late or not come home the next morning. And he said that he remembered calling her on the morning of July 4th, but he couldn't remember where or when he made that call. But, you know, he couldn't remember calling her, but he had other things to do. He had to go to a 4th of July party. So he did not tell anybody Crystal was missing on the night of July 4th when he attended a 4th of July party with their son. did anyone check his phone records? Um, We'll get to that. They did check them eventually, um, and they did find a call to her but um that was like pretty much the only one that they like and we'll get into why he claims he didn't call her more so rogers was ended up being reported missing on july 5th by her mother um so her mom had been calling trying to call her daughter to no response on july 3rd Sherry had received from a text from rogers's daughter kylie asking if sherry knew where her mom was um, later on in the day and the next day, Sherry got another text from Kylie, again, one of Crystal's kids, telling her that Crystal had still not talked to her. So, like, it seems like she was in a lot of contact with her mom. Like, even though her mom had kids with another man, like, she seemed that she was reaching out to them a lot and talking to them a lot, which I feel like just shows, like, what a great mom she was. Like, she was living with Brooks and had a toddler aged son, Eli, but it seemed like when her daughter like could not get a hold of her within hours she was immediately concerned yeah she immediately knew something was wrong yeah so brooke ballard crystal's sister also tried to reach out to crystal but couldn't get into contact with her so it seems like she's like in pretty regular contact with her family which is good because in some of these like cases i feel like yeah they go like weeks without talking to them and but this one, they, they got on the case pretty quickly, which it doesn't really end up helping because this case is unsolved. But, I mean, it could have been, I feel like, much worse or, like, much less known about the situation if their, her family did not, like, kick it into high gear. So Sherry ran into Brooks at a gas station, um, and she said she asked him if he had seen Crystal, and he said he hadn't, but, like, he didn't really seem that concerned. This is, like, the day after. This is July 5th, by the after way. After his 4th of July party? Yes, that he had to go to. So she went, she was like, okay, well, I think I'm going to report her missing. And he was like, yeah, you should do that. Like, he did not go with her to report her missing. Like, he didn't report her missing. Like, he was like, sure, like, go ahead. He does not seem concerned at all. No. So where are the, the kids during this time? Like, they're with him? So he has um, Eli, but I think during this time, her other children were probably at their dad's house because okay. they have made no mention that, like, their kids, she had custody of her kids during this time. Like, I'm assuming it was, like, a partial custody situation. You know, like, they spent, like, yeah. weeks, the, like, the weeks with their mom or and the weekends with their dad or, like, they split it half and half or something. Um, cause they were not like in her house when this happened. Okay. 
Yeah. So Sherry said that she saw him at this gas station. Like she pulled up to this gas station and she saw his car and she was like immediately relieved because she was like, oh, well, he'll know what happened to her. Like maybe her phone's dead. Maybe she went to this party. Maybe she was just like out for the 4th of July yesterday and lost her phone or something. And she walked over to the car and she said that as soon as she saw Eli, their toddler in the car without Crystal, she said that she knew something was wrong. Because she said that she knew Crystal would never, ever leave her children anywhere. Like, she knew she would never leave the house without Eli. Um, and so, yeah, that was when she said she knew something was, like, really wrong. Um, he did not offer to go to the station with her or help her in any way, make that police report. Like, he wasn't there for her. He wasn't like, oh, my wife is missing, your daughter is missing. Like, let me offer you some moral support. Like, nothing. He was like, sure. Yeah, I don't know what excuse he's going to have coming up, yeah. but I don't think anything can save him. Yeah, I'm not. It's it's like... Like, no matter what you think, you should be at least a little bit concerned yeah. that your wife is missing or your girlfriend is missing. And he's like, no, nah, it's not concerning. Like, she always parties, so... Which is, like, not true, as we'll get into. But later on the day, on July 5th, so right after her mom made this police report of her going missing... Rogers's car, a red Chevrolet Impala, was found on the Bluegrass Parkway in Bardstown, Kentucky. And it was found exactly at mile marker 14. So this is a parkway that like runs through town um, and kind of like outside town. So there's like not a lot of, around it. Like we're in Kentucky. Like this is this is like kind of like small town, middle of nowhere. Like there's not like the way where she pulled off like there's nothing around it like she's not like pulling off at this mile marker 14 there's like a gas station right there like there's nothing like it's just like the middle of nowhere on this highway so it's like a very suspicious place for her car to be found yeah her car had a very low almost flat tire um and inside her car were her phone her keys which are still in the ignition and her purse so like all of her personal belongings in the Oxygen series that I watched, um, they hired this forensic specialist guy like to come in and check out this car. Um, when they got the car, the police took it and were like, oh, we're going to go test it. We're going to go find evidence. But then they gave them back this car like pretty soon afterwards. Like They gave the family back this car and was like, oh, you can have it. Um, and in the Oxygen series... The family asked, like, why did they do that? Like, it feels like they should have kept it for a lot longer, you know? Like, yeah. Like, test for evidence. Especially if you have not found the missing person. Right. Why would you give them the car back? Like, this could be... You don't know how many, like, pieces of evidence could, like, be inside yeah. this car. And so they hired this, like, forensics guy to come in and, like, test the car and look at it and kind of see what was going on. And this guy was like, yeah, it's, like, been obvious. It's kind of obvious, like, they didn't test anything. Like, there should be, like, fingerprint dust all over this place, like, there's, like, a bunch of, like, hay and, like, leaves in the car and stuff like that. Like, he was, like, this should have all been cleaned out. Like, all of these things, like, this blanket should be Tested. evidence. Yeah, like, so she was, they were, like, okay, well, why? And, um, apparently in murder cases in Kentucky, like, because of this such, like, the low amount of funding that Kentucky has, the KSP crime lab will only accept 10 pieces of evidence for testing. Which is like what? a crazy low number. Which is like a crazy low number. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess that might have been part of it. Like, if they can only test 10 things and they didn't think 
that anything in this car was super important. I'm thinking, what else then? Yeah. What else do they have? (laughs) They really don't have anything at this point. But I guess they decide that nothing in this car was good enough to test. Wow. So the car was kind of a dead end. Um, And there's, like, ways around it. I think think you can get a judge to, like, order that you test more. But I think that's obviously only if you, like, are trying to charge somebody with the crime and they never even get to this point in this case. Like, they never even charge... Like, they name somebody as a suspect, but mm-hmm. they never try and have a trial about it. So, they didn't even get to that point. Um, he said that the car, which, like, he looked at, was, like, not properly investigated and many items in the car were potential evidence and should have been taken in for collection, but weren't. Like, I think there was, like, a Coke bottle, like, in the passenger side cup. So, there's, like, a lot of things that you could possibly, like, have DNA on. Um, and they didn't do anything. Like, they didn't dust, dust for fingerprints anywhere, like, on the wheel. Like, you'd think that they would dust for fingerprints on the <laughs> wheel, like, to figure out who's driving this car. That's so frustrating. Yeah. Because I feel like, well, do we know what they did test? Not really, because they're very closed-lipped about this case. Like, they're trying to keep a lot of the information close yeah. to their chest. So maybe they're just waiting until they had someone, and then... But they testing. named, they named, so they ended up naming the boyfriend as a suspect, uh-huh. but then they never charged him. So it's like, you would think that if he charged him, or you think that if they, they named him as a suspect, then they would try and collect evidence so that they could charge him. Yeah. They were like, no, we're not going to do that. So immediately after her car was found on July 5th, um, her parents organized a search party that night in like the immediate area. And like I said, this is, like, a very remote area. Like, there's literally nothing there. There's, like, woods there. So it's just, like, a weird place for her car to be. Her boyfriend, of course, did not join the search party. Like, he probably had another party to go to. He probably had another (laughs) 4th of July party to go to. Like, I don't understand why he's not helping. Like, does he really think she went off with another man or, like... Yeah, so... He didn't join. What? He had better things to do. Um, and he, like, later tries to claim, he's like, oh, they didn't want me there. Like, they were, like, excluding me. Like, they didn't want me there. Like, excluding you yeah. at a search party? <laughs> so, like, he just, like, claims all this, like, bullshit later that, like, he, they were really antagonistic towards them. And I'm like, well, you know, I would be antagonistic towards you, too. Like, yeah. you did not tell me that my daughter was missing. Exactly. And you didn't even file a police report. Like, I would be mean to you, too. Like, you're not really, like, painting yourself as the best guy over here. I'm not really sure what you want me to do. And he needs to remember this is not about him. It's about finding his girlfriend. (laughs) So, Crystal's um, Crystal's brother, Casey, does not believe Crystal was the one that drove her car out there. So, that's why I'm like, why didn't they dust for fingerprints? Like, if you have her siblings being like, I really don't think that Crystal drove this car here. Mm -hmm. Like, just test for fingerprints. Like, yeah. But do you think if they did find the boyfriend's fingerprints, they would say, like, oh, because they they live together? I think so. And, I mean, like, that's totally possible, like, that they would. But it's like, what if they had found somebody else's fingerprints? Because, as we'll see, there's going to be another person involved in this case. And it's like, that person's fingerprints would have had no business being in Crystal's car. Okay. So, like, they could have found her boyfriend's fingerprints. But, like, if they had found somebody else's, maybe, Mm -hmm. like... That would have given them a very another very clear suspect to what happened. Um, and so he says that she doesn't believe that he drove her car out there and, like, stopped at that place because he said that the tire wasn't flat. Like, it was almost flat. It was, like, super low. 
but it wasn't f- completely flat. Yeah, like and they can keep going. Yeah, on it. she she could have kept going on it for sure. And he's like, Crystal would not have stopped there unless she absolutely had to. Like it's not close to anything. Like not close to any stops. Not close to any exits. It's in the middle of nowhere. Like there's nowhere to walk to. So it's like if she had was like, oh my fly, my tire is almost flat. Like. Mm-hmm. I need to get somewhere. Like, she wouldn't have stopped there. She would have kept going yeah. somewhere closer that she could walk to. And she left her phone and her keys and her purse. Like, if she had stopped there, yeah, like, she would have taken she... those things. Yeah. Or if she was running away, like, her boyfriend's, like, you know, kind of trying to push the idea that she may have run away. Like, she would definitely take her, like, her money. Yeah. Like, she's not just going to leave that those things mm-hmm. there, like. And when they did the search, were they searching around there where the car was found, or... They searched, like, the immediate area, and they were actually really good. Like, they, um, formed a lot of search parties, like, more than the police did. So, they and a huge group of volunteers, like, other people in their community searched, like, a wide, I guess, covered, like, a large amount of ground, but they started just by searching, like, that area and kind of the woods around where it was found. And her brother said that the driver's seat, like, the positioning of the driver's seat was not how Crystal liked to sit. He said that Crystal had, like, a super strange driving position. Like, she liked to lay back in the seat, so, like, put her seat all the way back, um, and then have one foot pressing the gas pedal, and then, like, have her knee up, like, on the side of the window, if that makes sense. Yeah. I honestly do that sometimes. Yeah. And, like, I feel like it's pretty obvious when somebody, like, drives your car that's not you... Like, it's pretty obvious how the seat is, like, moved. Like, I like I have to move the seat pretty far up. But, like, if somebody a taller was going to drive my car, like, they would have obviously had to, like, move it back. And I feel like you kind of know, like, how your sister drives. Or it's, like, mm-hmm. if your sister usually drives, like, one way. And it's, like, a very interesting way of driving. Like, it would be very obvious. Yeah. That yeah, I feel like new. people would definitely know if I wasn't driving my car because yeah. I drive super close to the front yeah. to reach the pedal. Exactly. And like, why is your seat this close? Exactly. So, we can reach. so it's like, so he's like, she didn't drive this. Like, this is not how she drives. Like, she drives in a very specific way. Like, the seat is like literally so all the way back. Mm-hmm. And she had, like, she just like likes a lot of space. Like, so she can like stretch out. And so he said that when he found the car, the seat back was like upright, like straight upright. And the seat, like, slid back farther than Crystal could have had it. Like, like I said, like, I'm, sh- I, like, I'm too short to drive to, like, hit the pedal in a lot of, like, a lot of times when somebody borrows my car, like, I have to, like, move it up. Yeah. Like, any of my siblings borrow my car, like, I have to move <laughs> it back up after. And so he's, like, it was the same thing. Like, she wasn't tall enough to, like, hit this pedal with, like, how far, how far it was back. Um, and her family just doesn't believe that she, like, drove that car to run away. Um, she's like, the reason, they're like, the reason that she was scared to leave Brooks is because she didn't want him to get full custody of Eli. Like, she wouldn't have just left him with Brooks. Like, she cared about Eli, like, more than she cared about herself. Mm -hmm. So, like, if she was so worried that Brooks would get full custody of Eli, like, it makes no sense that she would have just left him with Eli and been like, all right, well, bye. Like, I have to get out of here, so, like, I'm just leaving you. Like, she cared about her kids, like, more than she cared about what happened to her. And why wouldn't she just drive off? instead of stopping there and then running. Yeah, like, it does not really make any sense. But almost immediately, like I said, a group of family and community members started looking for Crystal. 
um, they formed this group called Team Crystal, and it's like still up and running today. Like they still have a Facebook page and everything, and they're still putting in a lot of time and effort to try and like get her case solved. So now we're gonna move on to like the police investigation. So this is super frustrating because like you know in the synopsis in the beginning like the local police basically made no headway with this case like they didn't test a lot they didn't really make a lot of moves they named a suspect but does not really sound like they helped out a lot so there are about 80 volunteers searching the bluegrass parkway in the woods right around it after the car was found which is like 80 is a lot of people to get like rustled up in your community like That means she, like, she knew 80 people, 80 people cared about her, like, she had made connections with, like, 80 people. Like, I don't think 80 people would go searching for me, like, right now. Like, I don't know 80 people here that would go searching for me. We would get 80 people So, <laughs> so, like, that's, like, a pre- I feel like that's a pretty big number. Yeah. Um, Especially, yeah, since she lived in a small town. Yeah, like, it, I don't know, she just, like, sounded like she was, like, a person that people cared about a lot. Um, and Sherry, her mom, said, like, police didn't even search the Bluegrass Parkway or the space around it immediately. Like, it was her and her husband going every single day to the area to search. Like, the police did not, did not go to the area to search. They're like, oh, we don't have enough people to, like, kind of get together, like, a huge search party. So, like, you guys got it. Like, you guys got it. Police gave Sherry's, Sherry back Crystal's car shortly after it was found, claiming that they were done collecting evidence and it wasn't important anymore. So, like, that's what I was kind of talking about before. And I feel like usually in these cases, like, they never get the cars back or they never get certain items back. Yeah. And they kind of have to, like, beg police to return their stuff. Yeah, that's just a big piece of evidence. Yeah. I've like, never heard of that before. If that is, quote-unquote, the last place that, like, she may have been which I don't think she was in that car ever. Like, I really don't, at least alive. Like, I don't think she was in that car. But um, it's like, if that was the last place that, you know, maybe she was, like, I feel like that is something that you should probably keep for quite a while. But I guess not. On July 9th, shortly afterwards, Brooks Houck gave an interview stating he was 100% innocent. He never helped search for Crystal, claiming he didn't feel welcome with the family, but... He was 100% innocent. Like, he had nothing to do with it. So, he gets interviewed, like, almost immediately. Because, if you remember, he's saying that he's the last person that was seen with her when they went to this farm to go feed their cows in the pouring rain with their two-year-old son. So, Barnstown Police Detective Jon Snow interviews Brooks. Um, So, he immediately starts to interview him, like, very quickly after she goes missing. And this detective tells Brooks that he had heard, like, he'd gotten some calls, he had gotten tips and whatever, that Crystal was planning to leave Hauk and had become, began looking at apartments for herself. So she was trying to, like, move out of his house, apparently. And But his, her boyfriend, Brooks, was like, I don't know anything about that. Like, I haven't heard anything about that. So he totally denied that that was ever happening. And Brooks said that the last time he saw Crystal, like I said, he was feeding the cows with her and Eli. However, something very interesting, Crystal had sent a text to a friend earlier that day reading, we've got a sitter for the evening. It's our first time being kid free for a while, so we don't want to dot dot dot, we are kid free. We're gonna enjoy ourselves. So this implies that their son was not in the house, like they had given him to a sitter or something, like I don't think the sitter came over 
this like they had given their son to the sitter so the kid was not in the house and brooks was at least lying about this part of the story like because he said that she he and crystal and their son went to the farm but crystal was like oh no we have a sitter and the detective obviously was like oh well we have this text from her friend saying that like they're getting a sitter we're getting a sitter for the night like we're not gonna have eli with us and Brooks is like, no, she was lying. Like, I don't know why she was lying, but she was lying. Like, we had her, we had the son. Like, I feel like that doesn't so make any sense. So he's saying that his girlfriend was lying to the friend, or the yeah. friend was lying. The girlfriend was lying because they have yeah, the they, they have, have like the text. text, and so he's saying that Crystal lied to her friend mm-hmm. to, about having a sitter, which is like, why would she well, yeah, lie? Why like, would that, she lie about that? that makes no <laughs> sense. Like, I don't know why that she would she would lie about. Yeah this getting a sitter sitter, but so he's like no like we didn't have a sitter like we took this kid to the farm Mm -hmm. um i'll talk about like why i think he did that later brooks claimed he returned home from work so like you remember he was like working as a construction he's like in charge of like construction um so he got home from work at like 5 to 5 30 on the night of july 3rd um he left for his family farm with crystal and eli allegedly, at around 7.30 at night. He fed the cows. He lit a fire. This is very important because he said he was just getting rid of trash. And he left around 11.50 at night. And he said he got home around 12.20 a.m. Okay, their kid is two. I'm not sure why you would try and keep a two-year-old up until 12.20 in the morning. Like, yeah. Like, I, I just don't think that that is responsible. And, like, judging from Crystal and her... I guess, love for her kids. Like, I don't know if she would have wanted to keep this kid up that late either. Yeah, and it's probably cold yeah. out, and, I mean, what is Eli eating? Yeah, like, and, oh, they asked him that. He was like, mm, I think he had, like, a cheese stick in the car. Like A cheese stick? Yeah, <laughs> like, that's what he had to eat. <laughs> oh, my God. So, he said he lit this fire, um, and he said that a, on this farm, there's, like, a lot of pieces of trash. Like, this is, like, what he helped his mom with there's just like a bunch of junk so like maybe old wood from old projects or like just like a lot of things around so he's like oh every single time i went to this farm like i lit a bonfire to get rid of this trash and he's like so i lit a bonfire to like get rid of trash that night so if this is the last time you see your girlfriend and suddenly you're lighting this fire like i feel like that's a little bit suspicious yes (laughs) like i feel like that's something that maybe you should have looked into a little bit more Phone records show that Brooks received a call around midnight, so, like, on his way home from this farm. The phone log show is for 13 seconds. He says he doesn't remember who it was from, or he doesn't even remember receiving that call, actually. And he also got a call early Saturday morning between 6 and 7 from his friend Danny Singleton. So he said he woke up on Saturday morning on July 4th and he's like no I wasn't that concerned when I woke up because Crystal like always did this and the detective like Jon Snow was like I would be really concerned if my wife just suddenly wasn't there like what are you doing? Yeah especially if he said they got back at 12 20 a.m so she went out at that time? That's what he's claiming like he's like yeah we got home like I guess she's playing games and I fell asleep and then I guess she like went out to a party or something like but he was like, I, no, I wasn't worried. I wasn't worried. Um, and he's like, no, it was, like, super normal behavior to, like, go out and party all night. And 
Crystal's best friend, Sabrina, was like, that's not true. Like, she never stayed out all night. And, like, she never partied till the morning. Like, whenever we hung out, like, she would always go home. Like, she maybe stayed the night, like, one time. But Brooks is, like, trying to make it like this was, like, a big thing. Like, this was, like, a thing that she did all the time. Which, from the other party, was not true. Yeah, and also, how does he now remember the phone call he received? Yeah. At midnight. So. That was 13 seconds. Yeah. So very suspicious already. So he was, did not care. Um, he said he went to the farm to do some work. I don't know where Eli was at this point. Like, he said he woke up and Eli was next to him, but then he said he went to this farm, like the farm to do work. Like, are you bringing your kid or like, or what? Like, he, like, Nobody else is going to have custody of him. Like, that's your kid. Like, yeah. you're going to bring your kid? Like, So that makes me think that he was with the babysitter. And that's did what the I'm babysitter saying. ever come forward I, to anyone? I don't, I don't think so. Like, I haven't yeah. found anything about that. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you never know. Like, I feel like... Who knows who that babysitter was? Like, yeah, is it somebody you true. can, like, tr- like, you know? Or, like, what if it was this guy's mom? Like, you never really know if you can, like, trust that kind of stuff. So... He said he went to the farm. I don't know if he brought his kid or not. Like, maybe. And then he went for his uncle to his uncle's house for the 4th of July party. So he went to his family's house. So this is not like Crystal's family. None of Crystal's family is here. It's just his family. Um, and he did bring Eli to this party. He said during the whole day, he only called Crystal in the morning. So like when he woke up, um, but he couldn't remember when. And around noon. So when he was leaving the farm after doing work in the morning. He said he didn't call her more often because she liked space. Like, she, he's like, oh, well, like, whenever we've gotten in arguments before, like, she hates it when I blow up her phone. So, like, I didn't, I just didn't call her. Which, I don't know. I mean, I guess, like, some, like, I guess that's, like, valid. But yeah. that's, like, why he claims he didn't call her more. Because, like, she would get annoyed if he called her, like, a million times. Um, and I listened to this police interview and to me, it seemed like he was, like, trying to look like he was cooperating the police, but, like, he literally gave them no information at all. Like, they would ask questions, and he'd be like, yeah, like, I'd love to help you answer that. Unfortunately, I don't remember if I called her. Like, it, like he wanted to, he tried to seem like he was, like, being super helpful. Like, he wasn't being, like, super combative. Like, he wasn't, like, I don't know refusing to answer questions but like every single thing he's like i actually can't recall like i'm not sure so he was not being helpful whatsoever now in the middle of this interview his brother nick called brooks to leave the station so he called brooks and he was like hey you need to get out of there this brother is a police officer you can't like you can't do that if you're a police officer and you're telling somebody to leave a police interview that's like a major conflict of your job like you actually, like, can't do that. Like, if somebody else, like, if you called me when I was in the police interview and you're like, oh, I think you should leave, like, go get a lawyer, like, that's fine. But, like, his brother's literally a cop. Like, it's his job to go figure out what's, like, happened to Crystal and he's telling his brother, like, you need to get out of there. Yeah, that seems like there's something more that we don't know. Yeah. Um, and this phone call sounded, like, super planned. Like, it, first of all, it happened at literally exactly 7 o'clock. Like... So Brooks is like talking to this officer and it sounded like he was like, oh, to call me at seven, like to get me out of here. And Brooks kept saying like, oh, I really want to help. 
like this police officer but like if you think I should leave this interview then I will but like I really want to help this guy like I really care so much about helping this police officer but like if you think I should I should leave like I will like he literally said that like three times like if you think I should do it like I guess I will so he just told him to leave, leave like just because or because he was incriminating himself um well I think he had no way of, like, knowing what he was saying. And, like I said, he was, like, literally saying nothing helpful at all whatsoever. But he told him to leave, I think, because he was, like, worried he was going to say something. You know, let something slip. Yeah. So, right after that um, interview, he, he just left. Um, and we'll get into what happened, what happened exactly after that interview when I talk about his brother. Um, but Brooks gave another interview to Nancy Grace, who was, like, an American legal commentator, and she had, like, a television show, um, which was, like, a nightly celebrity news and current affairs show from 2005 to 2016. So he went on this show, and she covered the case, and she was like, oh, well, this woman is missing, the last person alive to see her, or the last person to see her alive was her boyfriend, and Brooks, like, called in to say he was innocent, like, totally innocent. So he called in, he's like, I'm 100% innocent. And again, he never literally answered any questions at all. Like, he, every single thing she asked him, he was like, that is a great question, Nancy. Thank you for asking. And then didn't answer it. Did like, this guy. <laughs> every single one, like, every single question she asked him, he'd be like, well, that's a great question, but I don't know. <laughs> so. So why do the interview? I don't know. Like, I guess he just wanted to say he's innocent. But then, 100% innocent. But then, like, he's proving nothing. Like, then you don't know anything. So, I don't know why. But that's one thing. So, after Nick told his brother, like, you get out of there. Like, you know, get out of this police interview. Like, obviously, his supervisor was, like, super mad at him. Because, like, you can't do that. Like, that's, like, a complete... That goes against your job. Like... I mean, I get that maybe you're concerned about your brother, but, like, you can't do that. Like, I feel like that's what you sign up for when you sign up to be working the law. Like, yeah. you, know, you can't you do that. Can't. <laughs> so, Sherry said that Nick was, like, a pretty interesting character. She said that she never, ever saw Nick with Brooks until Crystal went missing. So, like, the brothers were, like, never together. And after her disappearance, Sherry said Nick was almost always with Brooks. Which is, like, on one hand... It's like, oh, my brother just, like, his wife is missing. Like, let me just be here to console him. But, like, on the other hand, like, are you with him because you both know what happened? And, like... Yeah, you're trying to get your story straight. Yeah, exactly. Like, it just seems kind of shady. Like, you're never together, and then suddenly this happens, and then you're always together. Yeah, so did Crystal ever meet Nick? I think that they did. She did, and she had, like, met his whole family. Because I think she was with him for, like, two and a half years. Mm -hmm. Um... But Sherry said that it was just, like, they weren't super close. Like, yeah. they didn't, like, hang out besides, like, family stuff. So, she was, like, it was just, like, a very sharp, like, you know, disconnect from what happened afterwards. Like, where they're always together. Um, and Nick was also not a great police officer. Like, he was written up multiple times when he was had this job um, for sleeping on the job trying to convict like one person's like tunnel vision on one person like you know in those cases yes. where the police are like oh i think it's you like you're the one that committed this case and yeah. like they look at no one else yeah like they don't find any other evidence but literally anybody else um and like insubordination like he was like not good with authority so like he didn't really seem like a very good police officer which is probably why he called his brother 
the police chief um, actually asked Nick, like, after Crystal went missing, he was went up to him and he was like, hey, like, I know this is your brother's girlfriend. Like, do you want to take some time off? Like, we can get somebody to cover your shifts and you can go help her family look for her. And he's like, nah, like, I don't need to go help. Like, I'm fine. Like, he's, like, literally offering, like, we'll pay you. Like, we'll get somebody. Like, this is paid leave. Like, you can go help her oh family. Go, like, look for your future sister-in-law, yeah. probably. And he's like, no, don't need that. Um, And he actually has to be removed from the case entirely. So he's like, I don't even want to be on, like, the case. Like, I don't even want to help out with the case. Yeah. Which is just, like... I feel That's like if you're like an expert in finding evidence and that kind of thing, and then your brother's. Yeah, if you really want to know. Yeah. I don't know. You know, like you're maybe one of the experts that cl- is closest to that family, like that could help out the most, and you're like, no, like, I'm not gonna lie, I actually don't really care that much. Well, by the sounds of it, it's best that he was not there to help. Yeah. So, after he called his brother and was like, get off, get out of this interview, like, don't be in this interview, the police chief was, like, said he didn't seem concerned at all about the case and, like, did not seem concerned that he went directly against his code of, like, ethics and integrity of, like, not interfering with a police investigation, which is, like, what he did. Like, he was, like, he literally yanked his brother out. Like, that is, yeah. in, that is interfering with a police investigation. And the police chief was like, yeah, he was not concerned about that at all. Like, he was like, hmm, well, it's like my brother, so I had to. Like, no, I'm pretty sure you're, no. like, that, that's what you sign on to when yeah. you become a police officer. Like, that's like being a doctor and it's like, do no harm. And suddenly you just, like, kill somebody. And they're like, and he's like, well, why'd you do that? And he's like, I don't know. Like, you know? Yeah, you can't do that. Yeah. So, at first... He, like, refused to come into the police station at all to answer any questions about that whole situation. He's like, I don't have anything to say. Like, I don't need to come in. I have nothing to say. I don't know anything about this. So I don't want to come in. Um, And he was later forced to come in under the direct order of the police chief. So he was... Good. Yeah. So he was, like, brought in, like, under duress. He was not happy about being there. Um, And he was interviewed by a Kentucky state detective on July 15th. So I feel like this is where I feel like the police got it right, like, they didn't have somebody from the Bardstown police mm, interview good, him. Yeah. Like, they had somebody from the state police interview yeah, him. Yeah, because it'd be too biased. Yeah. and he works there. It's like, so. you never know. Like, he could have multiple friends in that office, yeah. and it's like, you never know if they, if he told them what's going on, and, like, they want to help come. Yeah. on it or something. So, uh, that, I feel like they did do correctly, like, they got somebody higher up to interview him and not just somebody at the police station, which was good. Um, And so in this interview, he's like, I never speak with my brother about relationships, like, especially about Crystal. Like, I don't care. Like, we never talk about that kind of stuff. Like, we're bros. Like, we don't don't talk about, like, emotional stuff like that. And he's like, yeah, bros never even told me Crystal was missing. Like, I don't really remember how I found out, but, like, he didn't tell me she was missing. And they were like, well, then, but you knew. Like, how did you know? And he was like, well, I don't I don't remember, but I guess I just found out somehow. What? And he's like, he never told me. He definitely didn't ever tell me. Like, he, he never spoke a, a word about that. Like, not a peep. And they're like, all right. Okay. <laughs> like, what? Yeah. And then they ask him, they're like, so after you called Brooks to get out of this police interview, what did you do? 
He's like, what do you mean? What did I do? Like, nothing. They're like, well, did you meet up with him? He's like, no, we did not meet up. They're like, we know you're lying because we have video of you two meeting up. <laughs> so he, they went to this family farm together. So they have surveillance video of arriving to them, two, both of them together. I don't think they're in the same car, but I think they were like in two separate cars. But it's like they saw both of their cars together arriving to the farm around 7 30 to 8 so if you remember he called brooks to get out of this interview seven. at 7 and then immediately afterwards they met up and he's like nah, i got no recollection of that like don't don't know um and they went there for a couple hours and he just keeps claiming he's like i actually don't really remember what we talked about this is like 10 days later like He's like, I don't remember this meeting. Like, I don't remember at all. Like, I don't know what we talked about. Nothing. Well, it must have been important if yeah. you pulled him out of questioning. Yeah. So he's like, I don't remember what we did there. Um, and it wasn't actually intentional that we both were there. Like, I got confused when you asked me the question. Like, I thought you were asking if we went there together. Like, we actually just both coincidentally went there at the same time. Like, that was just a huge coincidence. So that's why I said no. Like, that's why. But we just both were coincidentally there, and um, we didn't really do anything together. Like, that's why, like, we didn't, I don't really remember, like, maybe I said hi to him, but, like, we didn't really do anything together. For two hours. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, they were caught on video arriving at the farm around 7.30 to 8. Like, I think that they were caught on a video of a, um, like, a shop or a store or a house, like, down the road. So it's, like, not the exact time they arrived to the farm, but about. And they left at 11.30, so it was, like, a pretty long while that they were at this farm. And they both left together at the same time. That. Another big <laughs> coincidence. And it's like, I don't remember that. And don't remember that. So, didn't happen. How does he not remember? I don't know. <laughs> so then the investigators told him that they had done a luminol test. So, that like, the luminol is, like, the thing that you spray on, like, um, fabric or like the ground or whatever and it like shows up it like glows if like there's bodily fluid there okay. so this can be like any type of bodily fluid like vomit or blood or like anything like it just shows if it just like glows if there's been bodily fluid spilled there or whatever and they're like well your trunk and a blanket in your trunk showed up with bodily fluid which I'm torn on if that actually happened or not. Because, like, I actually couldn't find anything if this was entered into evidence or not. So is this Nick's trunk or... In Nick's trunk, yeah. Okay. So in his police cruiser. And, because, like, on one hand, like, there's definitely been cases where, like, police... Like, police can lie to you in an interview. Or, like, and be like, oh, well, we found your DNA on this person. Like, just trying yeah. to get you to confess. Um, and so, I don't know. Like if this was ever actually entered into evidence or not, because this never comes up as, like, oh, well, they found Crystal's DNA and Crystal's blood in the back of this cruiser. Like, they just told him that they had done a luminal test and a blanket in his trunk um, showed up with bodily fluid. Uh, the cruiser ended up being taken in for testing after, like, a, a blood dog hit on the car. So, like, they took him around and he barked at the trunk, um, specifically at, like, the back of the car. And one of the detectives said it glowed like Chernobyl. Um, Nick claimed the detective was lying about this fact or that somebody made it up. So it's like they do try and lie to get people to crack yeah. or like admit something. So it's like if they suspected him and they told him like, oh, well, we tested your trunk like and it glowed 
maybe they're trying to get him to confess. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, but, like, Nick would know that, like, that they can lie, being a police officer himself. Yeah, so it's, like, it might make sense that he's, like, oh, well, you're lying because it's, like, he knows he could do that in an interview, so. Yeah, he knows, like, all their tricks. Yeah. Which might so, I have not found no evidence reported that this was, like, a thing, so I don't know. And Crystal's DNA was never found in this trunk. Like, they never, like, oh, well, Crystal's DNA was in the back of this trunk. So, whatever it was, it was, like, it didn't end up really proving anything in the case, if it ever happened, but. And he claimed, like, a lot of people made things up, actually. So, not only the police force is making things up, everybody else is making things up also. Um, He denied calling his brother on Friday, July 10th, which was reported by a witness who was with Brooks at the time the call took place. So an unidentified witness was like, oh, Nick called Brooks and they were talking about something. I don't know what they're talking about. Um, but he said that he needed help and then Brooks left and Nick was like, that didn't happen. Like, I don't remember that. That didn't happen. They're making that up. He also denied eyewitness reports from a neighbor who told investigators that they saw Nick and Brooks remove something from the trunk of his police cruiser and place it in another car, his grandmother's car. So they said, this witness said that they saw Brooks and Nick together and they were moving something from the trunk of the police cruiser into the grandmother's car. And Nick, of course, said it didn't happen. They're just making stuff up. Like, I don't know why they make up these lies about me, but it didn't happen. Did they say around what time? At night. It was, like, when they were at the farm. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, But not real, apparently. So he took a polygraph test. Then they made him take a polygraph test, and he failed. So two questions he failed on was, do you know where Crystal is right now? And are you hiding any information on what happened to Crystal? Failed on those two questions. Um, And he got super mad and was started, like, yelling at the detectives, like, saying you're talking crazy like just like really upset about these things so he was not happy about being told that he failed this polygraph test um around this same time police reviewed footage on the farm from the farm on july 3rd and they saw on this video crystal and brooks appear together without eli which kind of backs up what crystal said oh they're getting a sitter the video does not appear to show crystal leaving so there was only, I think, like, I think that there's only this, like, video camera on, like, one part of the farm. So it's, like, I mean, maybe I'm sure Brooke's like, oh, she probably left a different way. Like, it's only a very limited line of vision. Like, but the video does not show Crystal leaving. It just shows Brooks leaving. And he got there with Crystal. And then does, she's not with him on the way back. Mm-hmm. Nick was brought into his police chief's office for an administrative hearing. The chief was like, we're going to fire you because you're not helping in any way. And you're actually just like being a major pain and you're not helping us at all. And he's like, I don't care. So. What? He doesn't care? He's like, nah. Like, okay, sure. Then he was suspended. And then eventually um, in October, he was fired. Finally. Yes. For interfering with this ongoing investigation. During the exact same announcement. So they announced. Nick is fired from this police department during the exact same announcement. Brooks Halk was officially named as the primary suspect in Crystal's murder. So they changed it from a crystal from Crystal's disappearance to Crystal's murder. So they now considered Crystal dead. But 
They didn't ever release any information why they changed it. Okay. So, like, at first it was like, oh, she's missing. We're investigating her, like, disappearance. And now they changed it to a murder. But, like, they never said, oh, well, we found this evidence to tell us why. But I think isn't it after a certain amount of years? But this was, like, the same, like, year. This was, like, because this happened in... July and this was in October so I think it's usually in like seven years yeah, or whatever crazy. but like this is like a couple months yeah and the police do keep like a lot of things close to their chest like even now they don't release all the evidence that they have um so I don't know if they found something like yeah they that led out. to it but they called it a murder um, the sheriff's department didn't have enough information to make an arrest in the case, but they claimed to have eight pages of circumstances that led them to believe that Brooks was a key suspect and knew what happened to Crystal. Also in 2016, around the same time, police searched Nick's home at the time of Crystal's disappearance. They did not release what they were looking for or if they had found anything. All right, so that kind of ends like the police investigation in 2015, because after that happens, like they didn't find anything like nothing they didn't release anything nothing happened so after that is kind of how the police i guess dropped the ball and like how the fbi had to take over okay so there's a few more like key people that i want to talk about just because i think that they're pretty important to the case and then i'm going to talk about crystal's dad so sherry took custody of crystal's children that um she had left behind not eli though so Eli was actually taken into full custody by his dad, Brooks Hauk, and he denied them to see Eli. Like, her whole family, they were like, you're not allowed to see him. So, like, I don't know, maybe he was mad about them, like, excluding him from the search party. He's like, you're not allowed to see, like, your grandson. Um, The police searched several lakes shortly after her disappearance, but were unable to find anything. So I said that Brooks Hauk had called, gotten a call at around 6 or 7 in the morning on July 4th. Like, he said that he just got a call from this guy, Danny Singleton. Danny Singleton was one of his best friends, and he was also an employee and a tenant of Brooks. And Tommy, her dad, Crystal's dad, is quoted as saying, if Brooks was going to tell anyone about what happened to Crystal, it would have been him, meaning Danny. Danny was arrested for perjury in December 2015 because he testified to a grand jury and lied about his whereabouts during the time frame when Crystal disappeared. He claimed he went to a bar in Louisville and later confessed he lied to the jury. Um, And a witness indicated he was home on that day. Um, He was indicted on 38 counts of perjury and... The Commonwealth's attorney claimed that during the time Rogers' car, like, showed up on the Bluegrass Parkway, so when they had her car on um, July 5th, Singleton had lied about his whereabouts. So he had lied about his whereabouts, like, during that time. Um, and his charges were lessened later, lessened to 38 counts of false swearing, um, and he was given a year in jail. But it's pretty telling that he lied about things he was doing on those days, because, like, why would he have why would he have yeah, had to lie? Like, lie? there's really no... There's really no reason for him to lie unless he was doing something suspicious. Another important person in this case is Anna Whitesides. This is Nick and Brooks's grandmother. 
Remember that witness was like, oh, well, I saw Brooks and Nick moving something from their car into their grandmother's car. So in August 2016, the police thought this was pretty important, and they ended up searching her home. They attempted to seize Whiteside's car, so they attempted to get this grandmother's car in order to search for DNA evidence. And before they could secure a search warrant, she sold her car. So they were like, oh, well, we want to get your car for evidence. No. And then she's like, no, I'm going to actually sell it. So she sold his car. And then, like, they can't do anything, I don't think, because it's, like, not – it doesn't belong to a person of interest anymore. So um, – Wow. Well, so she, convenient. I know. And then she was subpoenaed to appear in front of a grand jury about this case and this time frame. And she invoked her Fifth Amendment right to self-incriminate in self-incrimination so she like wouldn't tell them anything she just like pled the fifth for every single question they asked her um police were searching the family farm in nick's house in august 2016 three times sherry ballard really strongly feels that this is where her daughter went, went missing and i agree like i think that she was brought to this family farm and she was killed on this farm and then maybe something was burned like whether it be her clothes or like something but she thinks that this is where her daughter went missing. Um, and But they they haven't really been able to find anything to prove that. Um, in the first of some searches that the detectives did, they, found, they said they found items on this farm, but they didn't release what they were. Um, in an earlier search, three cadaver dogs went out at different times, and every single dog hit on the exact same spot in the barn. So kind of alerting to the fact that something, somebody had died in this spot in the barn. But nothing was followed up on this place in the barn because why would it be followed up on? Like, nothing. What? <laughs> and Sherry said that she hopes this incident opens people's eyes to the reality of what happens in Bardstown. And she says that somebody knows, somebody knows something. Like, somebody yeah. knows somewhere. Somebody knows something. So, what I think happened, like, my theory about what happened is I think that they gave Eli to a sitter. I think Eli was not with them. Either the sitter came to their house or they gave Eli to a sitter. I think that Brooks and Crystal went to this farm. They got into an argument and Brooks maybe intentionally, maybe accidentally killed her on this farm and then asked his brother to help cover it up. I think her dad was probably on the same track. So her dad was like super into searching for his daughter obviously like he was like I said at the beginning like he really cared about his kids and he was like the head of this volunteer search he founded team crystal which still operates to this day and he was like super frustrated with the police response like they haven't been doing anything like they just keep yeah. on you know saying they you know are gonna do things and they never do it so he organized his own group and he made his own efforts to search for crystal he often went out his on his own and was researching the case all by himself um he, like, asked every single business in the area for their surveillance footage and made maps of the area of where they looked. Police have not released what evidence they have or what they found first. So it's, like, super possible that Tommy found these things first through his own investigation. And he had a box of documents, like, notes and pictures and all this stuff about the case and details about the situation. situation. So, like, he had a bunch of stuff that the police may have had or police maybe didn't have but he was really really laser focused on this investigation 
And it kind of hit home for him because his older sister had also gone missing while pregnant in 1979. And she had ended up being murdered by her husband and his friend. So this was like something that had happened to him before and he cared pretty strongly about solving his daughter's case. That's terrible. Yeah. And apparently, Brooks had asked Tommy about his sister's murder. Interesting. Asking for details, asking what happened, asking all about his sister's murder. So, Tommy was very into this case, and like I said, I think he was getting pretty close to an answer, or getting close to and what he thought happened. Because on the morning of Saturday, November 19th, 2016, so just about a year and a half after his daughter went missing, Tommy Ballard was shot and killed on his son's property in Bardstown. No. He was preparing for a hunting trip with his grandson, and an unknown suspect shot Ballard one time in the chest, killing him. And these hunting trips that he was on was, like, really common. Like, everybody knew that the Ballards hunted on their property during every weekend of hunting season. Like, they knew that. Like, that was pretty popular. I mean, this is... Like, it's a pretty popular thing to go hunting in Kentucky. Like, that's just, yeah. like, a, a thing that they do. Um, Casey, who was Crystal's brother and um, Ballard's son, described this property. So, basically, they, like, it was around the house. They walked around the house. And it was right next to the Bluegrass Parkway. Um, so, where Crystal's car was found. Not exactly, like, not in, right next to that place, but that same parkway where her car was found. And it was, like, surrounded by trees. So it was super hard to see through the trees. And this whole property was surrounded by them. One area of trees was clearly cleared away. Like, the branches were sawed off. The brush was cleared off. Like, it was like somebody had, like, made a little clearing in this area. And that area was in sight of where Tommy was killed. So if somebody was staying in this area, they would have been able to point a gun and shoot him and kill him. And Casey was like... We had no reason to clear that. Like, nobody was going to yeah. go over there, like, unless it was, like, malicious. Like, we are not going over there. Like, we have a whole property to hunt on. Like, we're not going to go right by this parkway to go hunt. And, like I said, I do believe that this murder is connected to the disappearance of his daughter, Crystal Rogers. I think that the murderer or murderers believe that Tommy was bringing too much attention to them because he was, like, still promoting this case, like, even a year after or getting too close to the truth about what happened to Crystal and they like wanted to shut him up. So that's what I think happened to him, to Tommy. Basically after that, um, there's like a bunch of signs that began to appear in town kind of attacking Nick's and Brooke. Like Nick failed a polygraph test. Brooke, Brooke's house is the main suspect in Crystal's disappearance. And in 2017, Brooke's Hawks's new girlfriend was arrested for stealing signs that were spreading awareness about Crystal Rogers' disappearance. That's terrible. So, like, he started dating this new girl, and then she, like, started stealing signs that was, like, oh, help figure out what happened to Crystal. Why? And it's, like, maybe she doesn't know anything. Like, you know, maybe she's just, like, oh, like, they're unfairly targeting my boyfriend. Like, I have to help him. But, like, I don't know why you would... Yeah. So, the police obviously weren't able to find anything um so the fbi started their own investigation in august 2020 so just about like two years ago they said they found two items of interest in a subdivision where brooks had built homes but they haven't released any information and these items ended up being sent to the fbi lab in quantico in november 2021 the fbi revealed that they were working with the nelson county prosecutor's office 
Prosecutor involvement could mean criminal charges are on the table and indictments may be, in, may be on the way. So when they work with the prosecutor's office, like they could be trying to like build a case against Brooks. Jody Cohen, an FBI special agent, said that they are working with the prosecutor's office to get this to a place where we can have a conclusion and that they're 99% positive that it will be solved. But nothing has been released since then. Sherry Ballard is focused on solving her daughter's case first and then believes that will lead her to what happened in her husband's case. And that is the end of that. Wow. I feel like, yeah, her daughter's really close to figuring out yeah. what happened. Like, from all the stuff that I read, like, I just, it feels like he had more evidence than, like, the police have had. And so, like, they wanted to shut him up. So do we know if they kept, like, his... I'm sure they research? did. I think he gave all of it over to the police. Like, okay, I think he, good. like, voluntarily, like, gave it to the police um, after he found it. But, like, he was doing all this investigative work, like, by himself. Like, this was not, like, done by the police. Like, he was doing it by himself first. So, yeah. Like I said, I think this is, like, a domestic violence situation turned wrong. Um, either accidentally or on purpose because I it is like an almost daily occurrence in the US somebody is undergoing this and going through this and according to the statistics on the National Coalition Against Domestic Violence website um, almost 20 people per day are physically abused by an intimate partner in the US 43% uh, of Kentucky women and 35% of Kentucky men experience intimate partner violence and Kentucky has the 11th highest femicide rate in the U.S. Wow, that's really high. Yeah. So, I do think that this was something that Brooks did and then got Nick to help him mm. cover it up. Yeah, I agree Just with in that my theory. Opinion. Yeah. It's, yeah, I feel like everything's there. Yeah. Yeah, they should have tested the barn. I know. Or something. <laughs> I do think it happened on that farm. Like, yeah. I really do. I think that that's just, like, the most likely place for it to happen. Yeah. Just, like, with everything involved. And that is... That's it. So, um, just before we sign off, I'm just going to read a couple of resources. So, first of all, if you have any information re related to the disappearance of Crystal Rogers please call the FBI tip line at 1-800-CALL-FBI or visit www.crystalrogerstaskforce.com and you may also contact your local FBI office or the nearest embassy or consulate if you were overseas and listening to us. <laughs> and uh, I just wanted to share some resources for domestic violence as well because that's a really big part of this case. Number one, the National Domestic Violence Hotline is 1-800-799-7233, or you can visit www.ndvh.org, or you can go to the National Dating Abuse Hotline, 1-866-331-9474, or visit www.loveisrespect.org. And we will see you on the next episode. Yeah, thanks for listening to our first ever episode. Yeah, Yay. please come back. I know you loved that one. And you can follow us on Instagram and TikTok at